Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always... Your host, your best friend, your confidant, your top source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your first place new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Happy December as now we are into the final calendar month of the year 2022. And it has certainly been a very, very exciting and very wild journey for the Devil State of Mind podcast this past calendar year. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly greatly appreciate it it means the world to me how much you guys uh support me day in and day out and so i thank you guys from the bottom of my heart this podcast episode and everything we do here at the hockey podcast network are sponsored as always by our great friends over at DraftKings sportsbook folks right now we are about to begin the college football bowl season one of the most exciting times for any football fan and really One of the most exciting times for any sports fan in general with so many different games, the college football playoff, everything, these great matchups, great storylines. And with all of this going on, including all the other sports and especially also the World Cup into the round of 16 as of right now, DraftKings is offering you unbelievable opportunities to cash in on huge money prizes. So if this is something that's up your alley, I got a deal for you. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You sign up, you use our promo code THPN, and don't forget to tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And as always, a big thank you and shout out 
to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast and also the Hockey Podcast Network. This past uh, couple of days, Devils fans, has certainly been kind of an up and down one because obviously the Devils have been able to get some points. They obviously got a big win in Philadelphia, but they haven't looked good doing it. And it brings a little bit of concern. And I know that some people might say, what is there to be concerned about? But if you've been watching this team long enough, you have a pretty good idea as to what I'm referring to. And if you don't, I will give you a better understanding of it once we cover both the games against Nashville and Philadelphia this past weekend. Because I want people, I want everybody who listens to the podcast to really understand where I'm coming from, to understand where Devils fans are coming from in general, and why this is something to you know, keep an eye on as we progress here through the month of December and, you know, we're getting into the nitty gritty of the NHL season. So we're going to discuss both those games. We're also going to be talking about a certain netminder for the New Jersey Devils just got himself a very, very big uh, award, which I think is awesome. And we're also going to look ahead to the Devils schedule this upcoming week. And it's surprisingly pretty barren when it comes to games played. So there's kind of a good news and bad news type of thing with that. So as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. Now, there is one thing I wanted to talk about really quickly uh, with you guys that is really more of a thank you to all of you. So if you don't know already, um, Spotify uh, has been putting out their annual Spotify wrapped, which basically, if you're just somebody who listens to Spotify, gives you a pretty good idea of what type of mi music you listen to, what's very popular that you like and everything like that. And it goes off of, you know, statistics and analytics and things like that. Spotify wrapped is also really good for podcast hosts like myself to get a kind of a good idea as to where things have gone the past year for the podcast. And I shared, um, the results of Spotify rap for the Devil's State of Mind podcast on our Instagram, as well as Twitter. Instagram is at Devil's State of Mind and Instagram, uh, sorry, Instagram is Devil's State of Mind and Twitter is at Devil's State. So make sure to go follow those if you haven't already. But I did want to kind of give the statistics here on the podcast and talk about it a little bit. So the first thing that comes up is we produced 74 episodes this year so far, again, the month of uh, the month of December is not over and the year 2022 is not over um, with 3.1 thousand minutes of content over 12 different countries with the United States, Canada, Belgium, Sweden and Switzerland being the five most listened to um, countries for the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And the follower increase has increased a whopping 157 percent since last year which is unbelievable it really is remarkable what you guys have been able to um do when it comes to helping this podcast out the the top episode of the year was uh, actually my devil's round table that i had back in the off season with a couple of great people so that was actually surprisingly the top episode of the year uh the listeners um, the the adjective that they use to describe a lot of you guys is what they call enthusiasts, which says your listeners are super fans. When there's when their favorite podcast releases a new episode, they're among the first to know, going above and beyond to show their support. 
And that is honestly tremendous. It really is. Um, another really great thing, which really kind of means a lot to me, is uh, Devil's Stand My Podcast. It is the top podcast for 23 fans on Spotify. It is a top five podcast for 94 of my listeners. And it's a top 10 for 153 of my listeners. And so with all that being said, I cannot tell you how incredibly grateful I am for all of the support. I say it all the time. You know, I say it in, in my intro every single week, um, every single episode, but I really do mean it that I appreciate you guys day in and day out for interacting with me on social media, listening to the podcast, sharing it with family and friends, giving me ratings on Spotify and Apple and just becoming huge fans of the podcast. And it really touches me when you guys will direct message me and just tell me that you really love the podcast and you appreciate all the content that I put out. And I really do my best to put out consistent, good, factual content for you guys. Because as I've always said, this podcast is for the fans by a fan. And I continue to live by that motto every single day. And look, I know that I don't always get podcasts out on the days that I say that they usually come out, but that's obviously because of the fact that I have a life, you know, I have different things to happen. I have, you know, family, friends, you know, holidays, all of you guys completely understand. I know this for a fact, uh, but I always just feel like I have to tell people in case, you know, they have an issue for whatever reason that I don't have an episode out as quickly as they would like. Uh, but I do try my very best, and I'm actually recording this episode at around 1 o'clock on Monday, December 5th. So this episode is going to be kind of coming out late here on Monday, but nonetheless, it should be out at some point on Monday, and I'll share it on all social media platforms. But again, guys, it really means the world to me that you guys love this podcast this much. You listen to all my episodes. You show support. We get 100-plus downloads an episode, you guys continue to show that support. And it really allows me to do the thing that I love the most. You're, you're allowing me to achieve a dream of mine. And that is to have a very, very popular podcast slash show that covers my favorite team in my favorite sport. And is allowing me to grow in my career of being a sports broadcaster, more specifically an NHL broadcaster. And I know with the live watch alongs that I do on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel, I know a lot of you guys compliment on the way I broadcast and everything like that. And I also thank you guys so much on there as well. So overall, guys, because I don't want to have this go on and on because we do have a lot to talk about on the episode today. I just want to say a big thank you to all of you guys for all of your continued support, not just on Spotify, but wherever you listen to podcasts and wherever you listen to Devil State of Mind podcast, I will continue to put out the best content I can and continue to be there for all of you guys. Because once again, the Devil State of Mind podcast is for the fans by a fan. And so once again, thank you so much. And uh, let's keep this baby rolling, shall we? So we'll keep things rolling here with really our first official topic of the episode here of this of the Devil State of Mind podcast, and that is Vitek Vanacek was named the National Hockey League's second star of the month for the month of November. So this was announced on Thursday, December 1st, this past Thursday. The NHL announced its three stars of the month with Jason Robertson, who was the first 20-goal scorer of the year. Uh, for the Dallas Stars and Mitch Marner as well being on here. They announced their three stars of the month. And Vitek Vanacek was named the second star of the month 
representing the New Jersey Devils. I could not honestly tell you the last time a Devils player was given a star of the month. We've seen several stars of the week, no doubt. But as far as a star of the month, I really could not tell you the last time that that happened. This is what the NHL public relations um, put out with regards to talking about Vitek Vanacek. Vanacek shared the league lead with eight victories in 10 outings, nine starts, going 8-1-0 with a 2.13 goals against average and a .930 save percentage to help the Devils at the time, 19-4-0, uh, 38 points, post an NHL best 13-1-0 November en route to moving into first place in the Metropolitan Division. Vanacek who yielded two or fewer goals in seven of his 10 appearances and made at least 25 saves seven times, improved to 11-2-0 with a 2.12 goals against average, a .923 save percentage of one shutout. Again, this was all in uh, prior to the two games against Nashville and Philadelphia. In 15 total games since being acquired by New Jersey in July, only one other goaltender in Devils slash Scout slash Rockies history has earned at least 11 wins through their first 15 contests with the franchise. This was held by Sean Burke, also 11-2-0, in 15 games played. The 26-year-old Vanacek, who helped New Jersey match franchise records for both overall and road winning streaks, places among the top netminders this season in goals against average. He's third overall. Uh, with a 2.12 goals against average, wins tied for fourth with 11, and save percentage eighth with a .923 save percentage. So the move to acquire Vitek Vanacek continues to look like arguably the best move the Devils have made, not just this past offseason, but of the last several years, considering how bad the goaltending has been and how much of a problem the goaltending has been. And Vanacek, who has been given the opportunity to really run and become a true number one goaltender, has really done a fantastic job. And he has made countless saves to help this team during their different struggles throughout games and really gives this team what we all want at the end of the day, a chance to win every single game. And he has done that so well. And he rightfully deserves one of the three stars of the month of November. We don't get that 13-game winning streak, and we don't get off to the start that we've been getting off to without Vitek Vanacek in net. It's just factual. So an absolutely phenomenal achievement for Vitek Vanacek. And uh, all we, all again, we just hope that it can continue to roll. We love the way he's playing. And we'll see if he can continue this tremendous first year with the New Jersey Devils. So now let's shift to the game on Thursday night, first game of the month of those of this of uh, December at home against the Nashville Predators. First matchup of the year versus the Predators. Devils were also looking to extend their current at the time their current three game winning streak to four, and they were looking for their first home win versus the Predators since 2015. So another opportunity to exercise some demons. They were also looking to beat. Former Devils head coach John Hines for the first time um, since for the first time ever, because ever since John Hines went to Nashville, the Devils have yet to beat him. So, again, a couple of things that the Devils, I'm sure, were looking to exercise in this game. The one big thing that came out prior to the beginning of the game was that Miles Wood was a late scratch with an undisclosed injury. Um, which turned out to really not be much of anything. I think it might have actually been a sickness, if I'm not mistaken. I I don't remember exactly what the um, 
what the significance was, but it wasn't anything major. But for whatever reason, it kept him out of the lineup for this game. And with that, um, Alexander Holtz, who was already in the lineup, was going to be in the lineup. And Kevin Ball was going to get one of his first cracks of the season in the lineup. The Devils went to an 11 by 7 lineup for the first time in almost about a month that we went back to 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. So a little bit more... I guess you'd say more defensive approach in this game, um, but clearly the Devils were looking to um, to get some other guys in here, uh, at least for a game. Right off the bat, the Devils got off to a bad start. 11 seconds in, second shot of the game, Ryan Johansson scores on a rebound. Not what you want, uh, which also I believe that might be the fastest goal the Devils have given up in a game in their history. Um, I think Artemi Panarin had the record of like a minute 10, minute 20 into the game. Um I think that was the the quickest that the Devils had given up in a game in their history up until Ryan Johansson scored. So, yeah, not really the start that you wanted. And throughout the first period, as we've grown accustomed to seeing, the Devils just looked straight up off. They didn't look like they had a lot of energy. They looked sluggish. They looked like discombobulated. Quite frankly, for being honest, they looked a lot like what we had seen with John Hines when he was the head coach. And it's ironic because John Hines was on the other was on the other bench for this game. But they looked a lot like a John Hines coach team where they weren't being aggressive. They weren't really doing a lot of anything. And they were allowing Nashville to dictate the pace of this game. And things did not improve as this period went along because a great play by Roman Yossi. He took a shot that was blocked, and it was slowly looking like it was going to roll beyond the blue line and back out to center ice. But Yossi was able to keep it just in. It was on top of the blue line. It was it was on sides. He threw it back at the net, and Colton Sissons got the puck after the first after the clear was blocked. He got it back, went top shelf, beating Vanacek, and he was able to double the lead for. The Predators with just 43.1 seconds to go. And that was a really, really bad goal to give up because we should have cleared the puck and we didn't. Um, and it and it sucked because it was one of those situations where once again we're playing down, we're playing behind multiple goals, and now we got to find a way to get going here. And through 20 minutes, the devils looked like straight up garbage. I mean, they really did. It just there was nothing good about that first period at all. But the reason that I didn't worry about it, at least at that moment, is because we have just been used to the devils getting off to a slow start. I don't know what it is about this team, why we can't get off to a good start, but I guess you can't really complain about it too much if we're sitting here uh, winning as many games as we've won so far in the early going. But it is something that I want everyone to keep in mind um, as we go through the season because there will be times where this team is going to struggle. And ultimately, uh, to get out of these struggles, it will require this team to get off to better starts and get themselves going earlier in the game. But overall, you know, down to nothing after one. The Devils proceeded, as they normally do, to absolutely explode in the second period. They really, really came out firing. And it started with a great feed from Jack Hughes in the slot to Kevin Ball, who comes into the lineup. He goes top shelf through a little bit of a screen in front, beating Soros, getting himself his first of the year, second of his career. And the Devils cut the deficit to one to make it two to one, just about two minutes into the period. But then the Devils just kept pushing because right after that, after the open, after the faceoff, after that goal, the Devils drew a penalty, went to the power play. And Jesper Brett, who has been kind of quiet of late when it comes to scoring goals, got his ninth of the year 
Um, more than 30 seconds later on the power play from a beautiful passing sequence where Dougie Hamilton goes back to get the puck, gives it to Nico, who kind of no-look backhands it to Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes comes up the left side, feeds it over to Nico, and then Nico saucer passes it to Brad, who the puck was bouncing, but got enough of it to go through the legs of Soros, and the Devils quickly tie the game up at two. But the Devils kept coming. And then Devils got it themselves another power play three minutes later. And three minutes later, on that same power play, a great feed from Severson to Alexander Holt standing on the left side like he's Alexander Ovechkin. Without hesitation, takes a big-time slap shot that beats UC Soros' far side. He scores his second of the year. A long time coming for Alexander Holtz. But more importantly, the Devils have come back to take a 3-2 lead just 4.35 into the second period. And again, for Alexander Holtz, it's unbelievably big. And what's great is that both of these guys come into the lineup with Miles Wood being out. And they both make contributions in the second period to give the Devils the lead. And the Devils have themselves a multiple uh, power play goal night as well. So it seemed like in that moment that the Devils had completely taken control of this game, that they shook off the bad first period, and that things were going to, you know, the thing, you know, things were going to continue to be smooth sailing from here. And for a long period of time after that, through the rest of the second period and even a good amount of the third period, both teams, for lack of a better term, didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, there were some chances by both teams, but you know, both UC Saros and Vitek Vanacek making some really good saves, particularly, particularly UC Saros in the third period, because the Devils did have a couple of chances on the power play where they could have put the game on ice and put it out of reach. But UC Saros refused to give up another goal. And then we came to the crucial part of the game. 235 left to go in this one. Devils go on the power play. And I'm thinking here, we got to find a way to score here. Let's put this game away because if we get a goal here without the Predators having to pull their goalie, we're going to win the game. Because at that moment, it would have been four to two with like two minutes, minute and a half, whatever left to go. It really, really would have put the game more or less out of reach. But the Devils, for reasons that I could not understand, were not aggressive on this power play a power play in which they have already scored two times on in this game. They were passing the puck around. They basically were playing keep away. It, it basically, they went back again to John Hines type hockey where they were passing more than they should be shooting, you know, not really being aggressive and everybody's just sitting there like, what the hell are we doing? And so obviously the devils don't score. And then eventually the Predators are able to pull UC Soros. They're putting on some good pressure. There's a shot from the top of the blue line on the right side near the Devils bench. Little bit of a scramble in front. And Michael Granlin taps it in just under the glove of Vitek Vanacek with 8.4 to go. And the Predators tied the game up at three. And in that moment, you really could hear a pin drop because I think everybody was pretty much ready to celebrate another close but Victory, nonetheless, you know, for this team. And Michael Granlin silences the crowd, and the game has to go to overtime. And I'll keep this very brief. The Devils, I think, were so phased by the fact that they had blown the lead and had to go to overtime that they really just did not believe that they were going to win the game in overtime. And it started with, for some reason, you know, Nico Heischer trying to get the puck out. He ends up backhanding it to literally nobody. Vanacek gets it. 
and decides to just lightly tap the puck into the right corner, which allows Matt Duchesne to go after it. The Devils have all three of their guys in that corner trying to get the puck away from Duchesne. He sneaks away for a split second and feeds a streaking wide-open Ryan Johansson, who scores his second goal of the night, top-shelf one-timer over the shoulder of Vitek Vanacek, and the Predators complete the come-from-behind win as they steal a win in New Jersey and win this one 4-3 in overtime, just 30 seconds into overtime. And it was one of those losses that just, it sucked because you were eight seconds away from winning it, but you also know the Devils just didn't play well. They looked like crap many of this game. If it wasn't for the four and a half minutes of the Devils exploding offensively, the Devils would have won, might have gotten shut out and might have lost this game in regulation instead of at least getting a point in overtime. So it was one of those losses where you worry about it and you say, I really hope that this is not the beginning of the Devils going back to the play that we had seen them play for years. And especially again, when John Hines was our head coach. And again, ironic that we lose that type of game the way we played to the man that uh, was the coach of this team several years ago. And so the Devils will have to wait, I think probably another year now to try to see if they can get a win at home against the Predators. Um, But they'll have another shot later this year against Nashville to try to beat John Hines, um, which I hope they do, obviously. Uh, But it was a it was an aggravating type loss, one that you're not happy about. And this was the first Devils loss in overtime slash shootout. With the loss, though, and it being an overtime shootout, the Devils did get their 39th point of the year, which officially put them back into first place overall in the National Hockey League. One point ahead of the Boston Bruins, who did not play that night. But the Devils did fail to also become officially the first team in the NHL to reach 20 games. As with the loss, the Devils dropped to 19, 4, and 1. And again, the team just really looked off, and that was difficult. Another thing that was interesting is that this was the first time the Devils lost the game in which Nico Hesha registered a point. So I think now the Devils are 16 or 17, 0, and 0 and 1 when Nico registers a point. So, I mean, they, they still got a point out of it, but at the same time, it's a loss that is a tough pill to swallow. And so I remember leaving the game because I was at the game. I said to myself, All we can hope for is that this team shakes this off and beats down the Flyers on Saturday and gets back to their winning ways. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, the New Jersey Devils, how many goals will be scored, more than five, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
So now shifting to Saturday night's game in Philadelphia against the Flyers. Devils looking to bounce back from said uh, overtime loss to Nashville. They're also looking for revenge from the opening night shellacking that we got at the hands of the Flyers back in October. Um, and again, the Devils just looking to just regain the momentum and regain the level of play that they had grown accustomed to playing over this over the early parts of the season. The Devils, in my opinion, wisely went with Akira Schmidt um, in net uh, for this game because, you know, Vanacek has played a lot of late. And we don't want him to get burned out. And we do have a couple of days. We have a handful of days off over this next week with only two games to play where Vanacek will get some rest. Schmidt will obviously get some rest. And Blackwood is starting to practice again. So, you know, there's a lot optimistic wise to look at. So there is a lot of good that's going to come out of this, but I think it was the right move to start a Kira Schmidt. It had been a while um, since the 18th of November when we beat the, um, when we beat the senators in Ottawa. That was the last time we saw Kira Schmidt in net. Uh, another special thing for this one, Devils rocking their reverse retro 2.0 jerseys for the first time. This is only the first of just four times the Devils will wear these uniforms. Their next one, next time that they will wear these will be um, December 9th um, at home against the Islanders this upcoming week. I will be at that game. Uh, also, big uh, giveaway night, which I think is a Chico slash Nico bobblehead reverse retro night. So make sure you get there early because I think it's the first 9,000 fans that'll be there. Um, so, yeah, Devils rocking in. And honestly, looking them, looking at them on the ice and in this game, they look even better. Like, I really am considering getting one um, down the road. I really like what they've done with these. I didn't like them at first, and then it grew on me as I looked at it more. And now that I see it on the ice, I really like it. I really, really think it looks good on this team. Uh, Miles Wood returned to the lineup. You know, again, nothing major with regards to that. He said that in practice the day before that he was fine. It's not a big deal. He'll be back in the lineup next game. Big milestone. Jonas Siegenthaler skated in his 200th game in this one against the Flyers. 103 of the games have been with the Devils, while the previous 97 were with, were with the Washington Capitals. So a uh, big milestone for Jonas Siegenthaler, who continues to uh, be one of our better defensemen. I mean, we have a lot of really good defensemen, but uh, Siegenthaler is going to be here for quite some time, and uh, we'll see how many more milestones he can achieve while playing with the Devils. So uh, congratulations to Jonas Siegenthaler um, for reaching 200 uh, career games. Now, with all that out of the way, straight up, the Devils look dreadful with a capital D in the first period. Awful. It looked like it was just continuation of the game against Nashville. I don't know what is going on right now. I don't know why we are getting off to a bad start. But again, we're getting off to a bad start in the first period. But it just it didn't look like a typical bad first period because we'd still get seven or eight shots. We only had four shots in the first period. Four. We were outshot 16 to four by the time we reached the six, the four minute mark of the second period. Like we just, we just played like dog crap in this game. I don't know what was going on or why we couldn't get things going. Um, and if it wasn't for Akira Schmidt, the kid, as I call him, um, the, the Flyers would have scored in that first period, but he made all 15 saves that he had to make. He was very, very strong in that as he's been in every game that he's played so far this season. And luckily for the Devils, it was no score after one. And the Devils, 
The difference, though, is that the Devils started off slow in the second period. They just didn't look good. They looked sluggish. They looked out of sorts. They looked like what we had seen the Devils play when it comes to the how they play over the last several years. But despite all of this, the Devils found a way to get the first goal of the game as Miles Wood coming back into the lineup behind the net makes a great feed in front to Fabian Zettelin, who tends to pass Carter Hart to get his fifth of the year and give the Devils the one nothing lead, 6-0-1, into the second period. And by the way, that shot on goal was the first shot on goal for the Devils in over 16 minutes of, of hockey. So again... The fact that the Devils still found a way to grab the lead despite playing horrific shows you the difference in this team than in years past. And, you know, I mean, it's great, but I'm not happy about it regardless because we're still struggling. The Flyers didn't waste a lot of time responding as it was just 100 seconds later. Travis Konechny opened in the slot when Top Shell beating um, uh, Kira Schmidt and he tied the game up at one. And then the Flyers just really dominated the rest of that second period. But Akira Schmidt continued to play strong in net, not allowing the Flyers to take the lead. So it was one to one after two. Shots were 24 to 12 in favor of the Flyers. And the Devils would put up a mere six shots in the third period while they surrendered nine. So they were actually outshot 33 to 18 in this game. They didn't even reach 20 shots on goal. I just want you to understand with how you've seen this team play before, they didn't even reach 20 shots on goal. So, you know, there's that. But the Devils would get the lead back just a minute 49 into the period when Carter Hart, again, one of the many times I've seen a goalie literally try to be the second coming of Marty Brodeur playing the puck mishandled it, turned the puck over. It was taken away by Dawson Mercer, who was standing behind him, and Mercer easily taps it into an empty net. A big mistake by Carter Hart, but much better for the Devils as they regain the lead. Dawson Mercer getting his sixth of the year, and the Devils take advantage of a mistake by this very struggling Flyers team. Remember, just recently, they came off a 10-plus game losing streak. But despite the fact that Devils took the lead, the sloppy play just continued. It wasn't like they finally woke up and started going. Flyers still had some great chances. But Jack Hughes, with his 13th of the year, however, would double the lead 6.56 into the period on a great individual play. He takes away the puck behind the net, goes into the left corner, stops on a dime, gets um, Provorov you know, spinning around, losing his balance. Jack Hughes takes an original shot from a tough angle, gets it back on the backhand, takes a shot that squeaks just under the arm of Carter Hart and in another bad goal given up by Carter Hart. And more importantly, the Devils grab the three to one lead. So seven minutes or so into the third, despite how horrible we've been playing, it's three to one. And it remained 3-1 to one for the longest period of time before Lucas Sedlick would get his third of the year. He took a shot through a screen that actually hit the right leg pad of Akira Schmid and redirected into the net. And the Devils' lead was cut to one with 4.48 to go. And then the Flyers appeared to have tied the game 38 seconds later. But... The goal was waved off due to very obvious incidental contact. Schmidt was knocked into the net, had no chance to stop the puck from going in, and the ref heads-up job to wave it off immediately. Wave it off immediately. It was, it was indeed 
the right call. But it, that didn't deter the Flyers away from putting more pressure on the Devils. And Akira Schmidt continued to answer the bell, making big-time saves until the very, very end where Jack Hughes was able to clear it out of the zone. Time expired, and the Devils... Once again, after losing a game, come right back with a win as they hold on to a not really deserved at all three to two win in regulation over the Flyers. And with the win, the Devils became one of the first teams this season to reach 20 wins as the Bruins also won that night. So the Devils and Bruins each are now the first two teams to reach 20 wins on the season. Uh, here's some interesting stats for you guys. It has taken the Devils 25 games this season to reach 20 wins. It took the Devils 56 games last year to reach 20 wins. So I want you to understand like the big difference right away between just this year and last year. And so just another tremendous accomplishment in the still relatively young NHL season. With the win also, the Devils moved their record to a still impressive 20 Four and oh, they also set a franchise record for fewest games to 20 wins in a season. The former mark was 20 wins in 28 games by the 2009 2010 New Jersey Devils when they posted a record of 27 and one. With the win, also the Devils now reach points 40 and 41 on the season, so that is pretty big. They are at the time of this recording. First in the Metropolitan Division by eight points. Canes are in second place with 33. And they are now officially first overall in the Eastern Conference and the National Hockey League by just one point over the Boston Bruins. But the biggest uh, milestone of this game for the Devils is that they set a new franchise record of 11 straight victories on the road. So even though some streaks have come to an end, there's always another one that is still brewing. And so with that win also, the Devils are one road win away from tying the 2005-2006 Detroit Red Wings for the longest consecutive road game record at 12. Jack Hughes, of his own streak, has extended his point streak to five games, in which during that span he has five goals, three assists for eight points. And the Devils are now 10-0-0 when Jack Hughes scores a goal, which doesn't surprise me that much. It's still a crazy stat. Fabian Zedlin, who got the game's first goal, he now has 21 points in his first 34 NHL games. So he is... Obviously finding ways to get points in more of the games that he's played than when he's not. So he's continuing to really be a huge contributor to this team. Akira Schmidt, honestly and truly, he single-handedly won us this game. This was a an Akira Schmidt win for him. Like, this is exactly what he did. He came in and delivered. He stopped 31 of the 33 shots he faced against the Flyers. He moves his record to an impressive 5-0-0 with four starts, a 1.42 goals against average, and a .949 save percentage. Now, with all of that out of the way, I will just say this. I am worried about the sluggish play of late. And yes, it's only been two games. And we've gotten three out of a possible four points. But this is also showing that good teams find a way to win even when they're not playing well. And the Devils have found a way to get three out of a possible four points despite playing like dog crap. And they should be 2-0 and in this span, but they're not because they kicked away a lead with eight seconds to go against Nashville. So 
I'm worried about this because the devils of years past have gotten off to not so similar, but good starts to the year only for this type of play. We've seen the last two games to come back and then ultimately hurt this team throughout the, the rest of the season. And they can't get anything going moving forward. Now, Obviously, the Devils are in a much different position and are having a ton more success at this point this season than in years past. But anybody who's watched this team knows exactly what I'm talking about. They know that we are in this position again where you're worried about the team playing poor hockey, piss poor hockey, as I put it. Um, so I just want you guys to keep that in mind and take a look. We really have to find a way to get going in the first period. We, we we continuously struggle, even when we're winning these games. We got to find a way to start getting more complete 60-minute you know, games where we're just playing very, very well. And we know that throughout the NHL season, every team's going to go through these bumps. And it's good so far through this bump that we're going through, the Devils have found a way to get points regardless, three out of possible four. They've started the month 1-0-1, which is really good. And uh, the hope is that the Devils can shake this, shake this off and move forward. But I just want to keep that in mind as we go through the month here and see if the Devils team is going to continue to play this way or are they going to shake this off and get back to the, level, the high-level, speed, exciting, scoring type of hockey that I know this team is capable of playing at a game-to-game -game basis. But overall, a win's a win. We keep moving forward. Then to wrap things up here on this episode, we look for the week ahead. So the Devils' schedule lightens up in terms of just games played um, this week. They only have two games this week. Tuesday night at home against the Blackhawks, and then Friday night at home against the Islanders. And that Islander game will be really interesting because the Devils got just their second win of the season, which was the second win of the 13-game winning streak that we would produce um, way back in late October, early November, early November, uh, when we beat the Islanders on the road in Long Island. Uh, we were playing on ESPN Plus, I remember, for that game. But we won that game. Uh, but the Islanders are certainly in the thick of things when it comes to the playoffs. They're in third place, uh, only by a point, uh, I think by a point or two behind uh, Carolina. They have been playing pretty good hockey of late. So obviously, that's going to be a pretty tough game. But you don't want to get ahead of yourself because you got to take on the Blackhawks, who... Well, yes, they are rebuilding and they're not very good. Hockey's a magical, unpredictable sport, and you never know what could happen. And with the way the Devils have been playing of late, you're hoping it doesn't continue here against the team that you should, by all rights, win at home. So that is a uh, that is something to keep in mind. So yeah, two games this week. They have off days, including Sunday and Monday of this week. They have six days off of the seven days this week. So it's kind of or five days off of the seven days of this week uh, with two games. So the Devils, in a good way, have a lot of time to regroup, have a lot of time to rest, have guys, you know, you know, get themselves uh, prepared and try to have some singular focus on the two games ahead. Ideally, I'd love to see this team be 22-4-1 by next Monday, which is very possible. As long as the team continues to play the way they had been playing prior to the game against Nashville, and the Flyers. Uh, the Devils will wear their uh, jersey jerseys, the black alternates, on Tuesday. And then it'll be just the second time the Devils will wear their reverse retro 2.0s. And again, 
Make sure to get there early, because if you do, you have a chance to be one of the 9,000 fans, the first 9,000 fans, to receive a Chico slash Nico bobblehead with reverse retro jerseys. So it's going to be one of the hot collectibles of the year. So make sure you guys get there early. I will be at both of these games. Matter of fact, I will be at each of the next three home games for the Devils. Tuesday versus the Hawks, Friday against the Islanders, and then the following Tuesday when we have a pretty big matchup against the Dallas Stars. So I'm excited to see these three games, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys there as well. So overall, kind of an up-and-down type of weekend, but nonetheless getting three of a possible four points, first place in the Metropolitan Division, first place overall in the NHL. Because I keep saying, guys, try to uh, get back to the level of play that uh, we've been having so much success with before. Let's just keep this baby rolling.